You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello and welcome. Noise Direction is back. Season 2, baby. Here we go. Episode 20, Season 2, baby. We're here. We're back. Yeah, we've got, we've got sick ideas. We've got a bunch of cool concepts where... You know, we're going to do this entire episode we wrote as like a rap epic that we're going to do with um, Scotty providing beats, obviously. And I didn't get um, enough feedback on my whistling to start beatboxing for our fans, but anyone can like uh, <laughs> I do free cameos, just requests. So anyway, Yo, um, do you remember the uh, night wanna... with with Municipal Waste? We found it. We figured out about the. Uh, the cameo union with old thrash guys. Yeah. Well, we played this game on tour. Um, that's a really fun way to waste some time is you guess like somebody has their phone and is going through cameo and you say the name of a person on cameo and then everyone has to guess how, uh, how much it costs. But I think we were also doing it prices right style where you couldn't go over. So you had that cheat move where you could say like, but yeah. Yeah. Best uh, birthday gift I ever got was my wife got me a cameo from iced tea. It was fucking dope. It's the best fucking, it was the coolest thing. That's like actually sick. It was so cool. And like iced teas like does like, I don't know, like some cameos are better than, than worse. Right. You don't, you don't know. Like, I mean, I guess you can do a little research, but like, Ice tea, as far as I can tell, like just like sets up like in a room in his house and like busts out like, you know, all of them at one time. But he's like set up nice in front of his camera and he's comfortable. And he definitely like read the email from my wife that like said like that I was, you know, like he was like, I mean, Ice tea. <laughs> I like to think that Ice tea still knows and thinks about tank crimes and stuff like that, which obviously he doesn't. But it was really cool when he was like, yeah, good luck with tank crimes and, you know. Why would I see no tank crimes? Because my wife put it in an email that she attached $350 to to get him to no. send me a 60-second fucking thing. No, but I, I thought... see May know about tank crimes. I mean, we're, you know, I mean, Carlos from No Echo, who sang for Tank Crimes Band Deny the Cross, made uh, a body count video off the last album you know i mean mike gitter is fucking body counts a and r man at fucking century media who's just been a hardcore guy and friend of the label for the whole time and stuff you know there's a couple reasons why you could dan uh rosenblum who's municipal waste and ghouls booker is also body counts booker there's a lot of there's a lot of close affiliations we're gonna bring it home one day we're gonna bring it home we're gonna do a body count spaz dystopia split Dude, I was trying to make up like this dream tour because um, Dirk, the drummer from Megadeth, always hangs out in L.A. Yeah. And uh, then like we had uh, on the Napalm Death Tour, we had uh, my buddy Oscar, who is the guitar tech for or the full band tech roadie for Body Count 2. 
And I was like, dude, and we all know like Mustaine and Ice-T are homies and shit. And I was like, dude, Megadeth body count municipal waste. Let me go on a stadium tour before I die. Like a legit stadium tour. Let's do it. So who knows? I fed it. I put it in the channel. Anyways, should we podcast today? Are we rolling? We're rolling. We're rolling. (laughs) We rolling. What's up, Ice-T? Happy 30th anniversary to... uh, Shit, it must be longer than he just said. I think Brian Pays just had an anniversary, but as I say 30, shit, I was 13, 30 years ago. That was not right. It must be 35 year anniversary of Ron Pays. Anyways, thanks for listening, Ice T. We appreciate you tuning in to our podcast. Uh, would you like to talk about tape labels with us? Call in. So today's uh, topic. Uh, today's topic, I wanted to talk about something I've been thinking about a lot lately. We did a distrib- we did a show uh, not too long ago that I got a lot of feedback from some label people on. And honestly, you guys, if we're really speaking the truth, Maddie does this podcast for you musicians, but I really do it for you label owners, aspiring label owners, self-releasers. You are much, my message gets, my message is shotgun towards you much more. So me and Maddie play off that. And but uh, today I'm taking the lead. And this is really for the, the labels, you know, um, how do you get distribution? The thing is, is that I realized I gave that whole podcast about like, that's what you should be aspiring for to level up. But honestly, like it's there's so few and far between distributors. Now, when I got hit up directly, I didn't really have like the best advice for somebody who maybe has got, you know, less than 10 tapes out or, you know, hasn't done a vinyl or CD or something yet, you know? And I, I, so I was spending a lot of time thinking about like where, what, what is really like a specific advice for, for somebody who has like, I mean, fuck it less than 10. I mean, even less than five releases out, you know, I mean, what do you do? It's hard to keep attention if you've got five releases and now you've got another one coming in like four months or something, you know, like, how do you keep that heat? How do you keep it going on? You know, I mean, the music scene moves really fucking fast, you know, Um, it just does. I mean, bands, even if you have one of the biggest records of the of the year shit, then the next year comes, dude, and people move, you know, like it doesn't mean you lose their fan dumb. It means you lose their some of their attention because uh you know that's what we're all fighting for out here yeah and so something that i came up with i think there's been uh you know i love seeing all the new labels pop up and uh you know if if we know anything about history you know for every 10 labels that pop up maybe half of one will turn into something (laughs) yeah like one (laughs) one is gonna be that guy maybe two stay in the game you know um which is fine too, because, you know, punk is fleeting, music is fleeting, you know, maybe you can jump on some of the great labels came in and, and really documented a, a, a scene really fast and burned hot and sweet and gone. And now they're, they're there for, in, for the archives, you know? So uh, I was thinking about some of the tactics I used uh, coming up with tank crimes before I really had access to not even just a distributor. Cause here's the thing, when you start getting a distribution, some of the lower level distributions, they just make your shit available. 
right? But then a higher level distribution actually has like, there's like salespeople out like pushing your record for you, which is ultimately what you think everyone would do, but it's just not the case. So what do we do when we can't find someone to do it for us, Maddie? We do it ourselves. We do it our fucking selves, baby. That's right. That powerful energy from Maddie. We do it ourselves. So now, how the fuck am I going to start a record distribution? Well, it's not as hard as you think. You've got, you know who your peers are, right? Like if you're in a band, you know who your peers are. You know who your influences are and you know who, where you aspire to be. One way you can keep some heat on your label. This even works for a band that's self-releasing too, right? Like you don't just have to sell your own your own record. You, you're a record label, even if it's just your own record label, you know? Give people reason to come back. So we used to do this through trading when I started. So that's when the one, the biggest way I had distribution when I started was trading. Uh, that seems really good. And it worked really well for me because I was the guy who was loading crates of seven inches up to shows every weekend, right? But then what I realized was not only are some records just simply stinkers and cannot be sold. Um, a lot of times you need, a band needs to actually come and physically play in your town for you to be able to move their stuff, you know? But even now, maybe we're even just, you're just selling online anyway. So let's see. But uh, the other problem that I had with trading was sometimes you're trading your gold for someone else's stinkers, but also I, and I know this as fact now because uh, I unfortunately have got a slew of releases from my first couple of years that are absolutely stuck in the digital dollar bin right now. And if you want to own any of my early catalog, you can probably find it on Discogs for just a few dollars. And one of the reasons why that happened to us was some of the people that I was trading with early on were not putting any energy into selling those records. They simply wanted their records in my distro, right? They're thinking I'm moving the record, the record sold. There's a lot of that feeling early on where just selling out the record is the ultimate success. And you start getting ahead of yourself of if these records are actually in people's record collections or if they're just going out into the, or they're just leaving your bedroom, right? Yeah. And so one place I really got burned was 10 years later when everyone had to like move out of their punk house or whatever apartment they were in and they're going through their shit. Well, guess what? There's fucking a bunch of records that I thought were sold out still have fucking six to 10 copies sitting in someone's fucking closet, right? That now just either get dumped off at the local record store or go to Discogs or whatever. So uh, anyways, go buy these from me. If I could combine shipping, I would just buy all the dollar bin tank crimes records off fucking Discogs at once. And just, just to get them to move. So that's why trading can be sketchy. Yeah. Now, and that's, that's part of the game, right? Is it's like, <sighs> well, so I used to think trading was like, well, I already spent the money on the record, right? So yeah. trading it, I'm really getting a better wholesale cost because I'm not even actually wholesaling it off this person. I'm really trading at the cost of my record, even below wholesale. Yeah. So like I'm really pinching pennies and I'm thinking it, but 
I want to make the case now for moving past trading as a form for, of distribution into simply paying up front for other people's records and you selling them, right? There's a couple yeah. reasons why this is good. One, I know one of Maddie's concerns when I, when I proposed this topic was that, Maddie... Well, it's a couple things, right? One, I think that, you know, well, it's, it's like you're saying where you're getting stinkers when you're giving away gold, right? It's like, and people aren't really working to sell your shit. Like people are not, well, this isn't because they're shitty necessarily. It's just because they just, they don't think about it, right? Yeah, they and, don't have the same energy you do. I mean, you're going to find these people yeah. in all walks of life in any business. You're going to yeah. find the and people you can't, yeah, with you less can't enthusiasm. Expect them, yeah, you can't expect them to have that enthusiasm. You know, you just got to be like, oh, okay, fine. You know, and so that's like the one problem. The other big problem with buying wholesale, and this is this is sort of the initial. So basically, just for those who don't understand, most labels, you know, you can buy records from them wholesale if you're going to be the distributor, you contact their business to business department, you hit them up and you're like, Hey, you know, prophecy productions, can I please buy a hundred Alcest records from you wholesale to put in my district, my distro. And then, you know, my friend Marco replies to your email and is like, Oh, Hey, yes, totally dude. Uh, give me your details. Okay. But what was the problem with that request? But here's the problem. Yeah. Is you don't rep records don't sell as much as you think they do and i've seen a lot of people a lot of people one more time a lot of people buy you know a hundred alces records that they're going to try to sell out of their punk house or sell going to shows or whatever and alces being a known quantity you know and they can't sell them. They sell like five. Cause like, cause like, I think a lot of people get so caught up in the scene. They don't realize how small the scene really is. And also like how few people actually buy records and how few people are actually like down to buy records at a given time. You know what I mean? And I think like, you know, how, like when you look at, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Just like, I think it's easy to get caught up in it and like have all your friends, you know, I see a lot of people who will like post the Instagram story and be like, Hey, uh, if I started a distro, would you buy from me? And like, they have the vote. Everyone thing. says yes. <laughs> Everyone says yeah, yes. Exactly. But then, you know, the time comes and guess what? Did anyone buy from them? No. And that's not because their friends are shitty. It's not because their friends are bad people. It's just because, that's how the world fucking works. So this is. warning from Maddie really lends itself to me pushing this because just don't have big eyes because the great thing about wholesaling is you don't have to buy a hundred. You don't even yeah. have to buy 10. You can get a few and start and like your money's going to be more well spread, spread across a few copies of several different titles than like letting your nuts hang out into a hundred of one band's title, you know? Um, yeah, you know, but it's so just you don't like, have to get overloaded the same yeah. way. The same thing happens when you're, when you're starting to look at numbers, right? Like be like, Oh shit. Like 
250 tapes or seven inches cost this much, but man, they're like half the price. If we make a thousand, it's the same mentality there. You're thinking, Oh shit. You can never, even with distro items, the same as a record you put out, you can't look at it as money made when it's in stock. Yeah. You still have to sell it. But then here's why this is going to put you at an advantage to sell your own stuff. Because if you can bring people over to your world by showing them a couple records they already know about, it's just like, it's just like getting a, sh it, it's kind of a version of like getting a good show. You're a smaller band and you get a good show with a bigger touring package, right? Now you, now you can, you've at least been on the same fucking handbill as some bigger acts, right? Wouldn't it be nice if your label had your fucking release next to some of those bigger acts? See where I'm going with this? It like yeah. builds credibility. But also I think it's like one of those things too, where like if you can find a reasonable niche for you for that, then that gets people going to your store, right? I look at like my friends at Gatekeeper Productions who have a distro that whose name I have forgotten and I will pull it up while we talk. Um, but like her niche was like, look, like there's not really anyone else selling like cool German black metal here in you know, in Canada where you don't have to pay shipping. Most of these, most of these distros are based in America, right. Or and, you know, in the, in the USA. And that's not yeah. really helpful for them. Um, and, Caron's bell curations is their shop. And, and, but like, that's the thing, right. Is they're like, Oh, okay. We have this niche and like, you can figure out what your niche is going to be. Right. Like you can sit there and be like, well, hopefully you already have an idea of it is if you're if you're already releasing stuff, you know, based around, you, you yeah, based that around out. your label. Yeah, because it's like, oh, hey, if someone is. Um, you know, if, 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 if someone is, you know, on the dystopia is on the tank crime store to buy dystopia, then they that's probably why I be... stock grief records and new thrush records, because I, was, I get yeah. the bands that complement that. I want to yeah. have something that someone can put in their cart when they're buying a dystopia record, you know? So I'm like, Oh, cool. These are the bands that toured with them or members went on to be in, you know? So here's where the second part of my thing, because I think the first part I've talked about, like kind of bringing some bigger bands into the fold to kind of give you some credibility, some bigger releases. Here's where the other shoe drops that I think is equally, if not more important, especially if you want to level up. And this is when you have that niche store, this is where you're doing it for your community, not just your own record sales. Because one of the ways I started my distro, same as I did my label, was like, oh shit, I need all the Bay Area bands shit in my distro, right? So if let's take that just to a more general audience. If I, whatever my specific form of metal is, or let's just even stick with this dystopia um, example, um, who, okay, I've got these like crust punk sludge records to sell. Who else is in that wheelhouse? Who else is at my same level doing this? This is where the community starts 
because it can work for a label in a similar way that for bands, I always say hosting shows in your hometown can help you as a newer label, helping other labels have distribution, promoting their releases alongside yours. That's the community I'm talking about. The people that understand that are the ones that stick around. And I say stick around because you will build relationships with other labels that will fall by the wayside and they will become part of, of our music, extreme music history. And I've seen so many labels and bands come and go, right? Um, but part of what's only not only kept my, me relevant, but also me excited and interested in what I'm doing is finding out who's new, who needs help, who I want to partner up with, who's, who's doing this. And so that's my full pitch. That's my full pitch on starting a distro. Complimentary bands to bring new people, help out your friends and peers, other associates, make friends with other like-minded label people. And then if you're in, if you really have the time and can expand and you think this is going good, that's when you can start making the cold calls to some stores or just stopping in your local store and being like, hey, look, I know I came in here two months ago and I just had one cassette for sale and you can sign two of them. But now check it out. I have a catalog. I can offer you all 20 of these releases at wholesale prices and I can keep you restocked when you sell. And it just kind of moves from there. And now, you know, I mean, I think right now with like the current like tape label boom, if there was somebody who stood out and, and really like spearheaded this and actually made the effort to try to get stores to buy tapes. Now, um, you know, like distros like Abolition are doing really well with tapes, but a lot of bigger distros don't even fuck with them. I mean, that's one reason to maybe try getting into CDs uh, if you're doing just tapes, but stores still sell them and buy them. They just don't know where to get them in like, yeah bulk you know like where do i get all this stuff how do i stock up this whole genre's worth of cassettes you know whether this be garage rock power pop uh or fucking death metal you know i mean speaking of garage rock power pop there's a massive void in that whole scene since burger records imploded i mean they were running that tape game they were the guys who even made freaking tape store day or whatever <laughs> the thing that doesn't exist but uh, my point is you can really push that and you can really grow and you could do a lot for your scene because, oh, I know what my point was. If there was somebody that was really uh, had like a dozen or more store accounts for cassettes, I'm talking about lifting up your whole scene to where everybody actually needs to start pressing more cassettes to fulfill the orders for the distributors, right? Like if we had somebody doing this and then, you know, I mean, this is happening. This isn't something that's not happening and I'm coming up with. I'm just putting it out there to I, our I listeners. Would, I would counter. I like the idea. I would counter. I think the market is a little bit small, but yes, the concept is important. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, ultimately what I want to say, but I mean, we're still not out of the pandemic yet is ultimately what I want to say is then you start taking your fucking boxes to shows and that's, you know, um, 
I just want to sometimes when I'm giving advice, want to steer away from just being like, well, I did this and I did that because I also fucked up a lot too, you know? And if I keep giving this advice about shows and we don't even know if this, if this, if this shit's going to work this year, right? Like we're still in experimental show mode, right? So yeah. <laughs> yeah, Maddie, how many shows did you go to in London this month? Uh, shut up, Scotty. <laughs> it's the middle of the fucking summer, bro. It's not really happening yet. <laughs> you know, we're all announcing dates, but I, I don't know. I don't have tour until uh, October, so we'll see. Still, what, tomorrow? When does it, is today? So this episode goes up on August 2nd, right? Would be Monday? Yeah. So yeah, I'm still two months from my first show that I'm, that I'm supposed to be working on. you're working, working on. on, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's at like the fucking Hollywood Palladium, by the way. My first show back is with Volby. So like yeah, I, I noticed that. That made me years. laugh. I was like, that's that's good. Haven't worked in two years. Our last show was in Berlin in December 2019. And uh, hopefully I remember how to plug people's guitars in because we're going to be at the goddamn Palladium with Volby. And then the next day we play Alex's Bar in Long Beach, which is like a party show, you know? That's like a 300 cap. Yeah, that's good. That'll be fun. So uh, wrap it up. Uh, I don't know. I kind of maybe rambled a lot. I was maybe more, I'm, I'm passionate about this. I hope I conveyed that. I'm always open to answer questions. Um, no, I, I've think, actually I think it's good. I've actually privately floated this idea to a couple friends um, that I want, that I, I really think should pursue this. And I kind of wanted to get some of this down on tape if I could think of new ideas. And, um. I just, uh, I want everyone to do good because I see you guys out there working hard. I see you guys out there loving your music and loving the stuff you do and uh, wanting to push, you know, for labels, wanting to push your friends' bands or the, or the friends you're making or the, the friends you're about to make, you know, and uh, just make it work for everybody. And Maddie wants the same. Yeah. Maddie wants the same, but also you can DM him for a personal private conversation as well. Um. Yeah. And he'll tell you how he really thinks about my ideas. I mean, like, look, <laughs> um, I just think as we wrap up, I just think like, look, um, at the end of the day, this stuff is cool. I just want to like, I'm, you know, very conservative in terms of how I approach business. Right. Yeah, but keep in mind, like we said at the beginning, you're off speaking directly to musicians, and I'm I'm more speaking yeah, to but but even the, the even, business, even talking to the business, I I think a lot of people. One of the things that's made me really successful has been that I I'm very conservative and I keep a lot of my I I cover my ass at every turn, right? Like even the way I pay my employees is like based on a per project basis, not a salary. So I like, they know roughly what they're going to get in a month, but I'm never like on the hook for money that I don't have. Yeah. Right. Like, and they all have like protection, but whatever. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make is cover your ass. This like, and I feel weird saying this because, like, I'm the kid who fucking dropped out of school for death metal. Um, you know what I mean? 
Leave your but, options open. Drop out of college for death metal. That's that's a wide window of leaving your options open. Yeah, that's not that's not a good that's not a I'm not a good example. But what I'm saying is like, don't risk a bunch of money on this. Start by risking like three hundred dollars and be start like, slow. Start slow. I, I would ne- I, I, part of my message was that, and I was trying to make that very yeah, clear. No, but I just want to really can wholesale that. like stores wholesale records one at a time right? Like they might get 10 things. One, if you're going online, you might want more than that, but this is like, yeah, take, take the steps, talk to one other label, talk to one friend's label and uh, maybe try to order some records off of a larger label or, you know, it's, it, it, it goes back to that crucial thing that Scotty always talks about when you want to press a record, take $3,000 out of your bank account, Hold it in your hand and ask yourself, would I rather Am have I this? okay if I never get this back? Would I throw this out the window for a record? Then you're ready. So, yeah. So, if and you it's the same thing this with idea, this I think you're right, Maddie. You put aside $300 and ask whatever. yourself, $300 would get you like what? You could probably get like 25 LPs or probably uh, more than that. 60 tapes. You could get more I don't than know, man. LPs. I mean, LPs wholesale for like ten to fourteen. Yes, yeah, so you can now, get like thirty. I still anyway. have I still have LPs that I wholesale for six fifty. But I mean, the fucking needle's moving, right? Yeah. D- 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 the point the point I'm trying to make is start with three hundred dollars. Don't think this is like, you know, like again, don't look at it and be like, "Wow, Season of Mist will fucking sell me Morbid Angel records at ten dollars a pop." Suckers. Like <laughs> that's not what's happening here. You know what I mean? Like that's not. It also gives you something. Let me give you. Let me try to hype it to Matt another way too. That might get him a little more on board. Uh, you know. But again, I'm not against to talk it. About I just, I just no, no, no. I want to push it into your world. Things to talk about that you're doing. Yeah, it, this a is a lot good. of this people. A lot of people are caught up on on. You know, Maddie preaches, uh, make content, push yourself out there, get out there, get out there, get in everyone's face. And a lot of times people go, but Matt, I don't know what to talk about. And this is a lot of why you should tune into Maddie's, all Maddie's stuff, because he'll tell you. But Maddie, this is a great one. Hey, I have Morbid Angel records in the distro. Boom. That's like a whole day of talking about myself. I get to move on, sell a couple records. Yeah, you know, and that's it's like, why like, these are the things like I do a lot of free shit for like arthur brown and shit because like i get to work with arthur brown he's fucking the god of hellfire that's a good look for me and i'm able to help him with some things because he's my friend arthur brown my friend me and arthur your brown. friend arthur brown who you go pipe you know, shopping with um one of our what his so he's my mutual with Jimi hendrix Jimi hendrix and i have mutuals okay does that make your? Does that make you my mutual with Jimi Hendrix? No, we're. No, I know no, no, that no. you're my second degree of Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, I'm your second degree of Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. <laughs> um. Actually, I'm pretty sure I have multiple. I'm pretty sure Jinx knew Jimi Hendrix, and I think the Magma guys knew him. So I have like multiple mutuals with Jimi Hendrix. That's all I'm trying to say. Anyway, um, I think I'm cool. <laughs> this has been a very good beginning of season two of noise direction thank you for listening we hope you got something out of this i know that a lot of this was like pretty high level stuff um but i think it's i think scotty's right it's important that we help the next generation of labels 
as um, we embrace our role as sort of scene elders. Um, Bro, I'm still trying to level up. If anyone's got any advice for me too, fucking tell you know, me. I truck it. I fucking tried to tell you. You never fucking listen. Tell me how to level up, dude. I I'm fucking tell you how to level, level up, too. Scotty. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening. <laughs> we'll be back next Monday. Party on. Stay safe. Get fucking vaccinated, please, for the Get love of God. Please. I don't want to. I don't want to have to deal with Scotty being sad when they cancel Municipal Waste Tour. Come on, I've been vaccinated for like three months, bro. Let's do this. Yeah, let's go. Let's fucking get Municipal Waste. Let's fucking crowd kill. Let's fucking crush some sixteen-year-olds face in. It's gonna be fun, but we have to get vaccinated if we want to punch sixteen-year-olds. Yeah, I want to do an episode this year where I talk about show etiquette. Yes, <laughs> stage diving potato etiquette. Let's do it. Oh my it. God. Yes. Oh my God. Wow, it's going to be good. Thank you for listening. Next episode, stage etiquette. Party. <laughs> hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road.